Let's go to the book of First uh, John, Little John in the back. And uh, that second song we sang was just very, very fitting and in line with uh, all of them are, but this one specifically about the, the love of God. We're talking about the love of God and been teaching on the love of God because of, you know, the revelation I shared about how in the last days the Bible speaks about a love problem in the last days, that uh, men's hearts, because of lawlessness abounding, it's, it says that the love of many would grow cold or become cold. Well, we're not going to be that group. Amen. We're going to stay hot in love with Jesus, in love with God's plan, his church, his people. Praise God. And, uh, but we have to be aware of what's going on in the world around us. And so we've been teaching on the love of God uh, since the beginning of the year. And we're going to continue to do that. Praise God. And uh, in 1 John chapter 3, we want to go there. You know, you may be looking at uh, your life, maybe looking at your circumstances, maybe looking at your experiences, uh, maybe even your age. As you get older, you tend to look at that. And, and maybe you have a thought and a feeling like, you know, maybe you've been left out. Uh, maybe you've been excluded. Maybe you've been passed over. Uh, everybody else is seemingly blessed and walking and blessing and favor and everything else. And uh, sometimes we can get the feeling, get the thought that maybe life has passed us by. And uh, even the good things of God, people believe that, that, you know, it seems like everybody else can get blessed and walk in all these great things, but it seems like it's just passing over me. Well, I believe if you would look at the love that God has for you, you can change that thought. You can change that feeling. And as some say, you can change that tune playing in your head. Amen. Yes. Praise God. So in 1 John chapter 3, uh, this is uh, being written by the Apostle John, who is elderly at this time and, and very seasoned in ministry. He wasn't like a new convert, but somebody who had experience walking with Jesus, had lived for Jesus, had served Jesus, and had a lot of experience with God and the, the uh, things of God, walking in the light, uh, you know, from the scriptures and the truths that he had. Yet he's the one making this statement about the love of God. He says, behold, what manner of love, what kind of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. He doesn't even try to explain it. Uh, he doesn't try to go into details about it. He says, you got to contemplate it. You got to look at this. You got to look upon it. Behold it. And the word behold there is kind of a word uh, that implies an admiration as well as an astonishment of something that you're looking at because of how outstanding it is. And he says, behold, what kind of love, what sort of love this love of God is toward us that he has bestowed upon us, not something we merited, not something we earned, not something we could work for, not something we deserve, but it was bestowed upon us. It's a word that's related to being gifted, you know, granted to you as like a gift, something graciously done uh, by God. And here's what it is, that we should be called the sons of God, or that we should be called the children of God, or a child of God. 
In other words, when he says, behold the love of God, well, what is the love of God that he wants us to contemplate? That he would call us his children. His sons and daughters. Amen. God Almighty, (laughs) the God of the universe, the God of heaven and earth, the God of all creation, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who he called Father, he calls us his children. A child of God. A son of God, a daughter of God. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, and he's basically sharing that this, uh, this entitlement to that, that name that, or that right or honor or privilege, it, it, it had nothing to do of something we claimed or did anything to merit it. It was all done by God that our life got reclassified as an outsider to God to as inside as you can get in the family of God, a son and daughter of God. Say, say I'm a child of God. Amen. And what that means is you, you individually have as much right to everything Jesus bought and paid for as anybody else does. Nobody has a greater right to it than you do. Amen. We have equal status as children of God. Praise God. In other words, when God, life may seem to be speaking to your head and your brain, your emotions, that life has passed you by, God didn't pass you by. God included you in the family of God. God included you in being one of his children with every right and privilege that Jesus bought and paid for and that Jesus won for us. It's all of ours equally as children of God. And the book of Colossians, when it talks about it, he kind of shows it's not by merit. He says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the authority of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. Hallelujah. He made us able to be partakers or to share in this great privilege of being called children of God. Amen. Amen. So, sometimes people say, well, I just, I, I don't know what people are doing, but they seem to be walking in something I, I, I can't walk in. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. Every good thing the Bible says is yours. What he says of you, you can walk in it. Amen. He's made you able to be a partaker of it. Now, you may not have received it yet, but he made you able to receive it. Amen. Don't ever, don't ever discount. I can't get this. I can't get in on this. No, God made you able to be a partaker of it. That means you can share in it. You, can, you have a share in it, and he's made you able to take your share. I don't know about you, but I'm going to get my share. <laughs> I'm going to get all of my share before I leave this planet. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get a better amen from somebody? And think about this, we went from sinner to saints. We went from slaves to sons, from the power of Satan to the power of God, from a place of having no hope, no covenant, no promises, to abounding hope, a blood covenant, and exceeding great and precious promises. Hallelujah, why? Because of the love of God. Because of the love of Almighty God. Amen. 
you're a child of God. Now, when you think about that, think about it this way. Can you imagine Jesus ever had, I mean, Jesus ever being neglected anything from his father that he needed to walk in this earth? We say, well, that's Jesus. Well, you're a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You have just as much right of everything Jesus walked in, you can walk in it. You know, old theologians of the past, they said this, you stand before God as if you were Jesus. Because Jesus stood before God as if he were you. That's how God sees you. He sees you like he sees Jesus. When you come to the throne, it's like when Jesus would come to the throne. When you would offer up prayer, it would be like Jesus offering up prayer. Why? Because he, he stood before God as us so that you and me now can stand before him like he did. Jesus, the son of almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good news. Praise God. And we didn't merit, we didn't work for it, we certainly didn't deserve it. It was all bestowed upon us due to the work of Jesus. Praise God. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath gifted or bestowed or granted upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knoweth him not. The world always isn't going to give recognition of the things we have spiritually because they don't give recognition of God. They're forever rejecting recognition of God. We live in a world that's forever, you know, rejecting recognition of God. We, they want to create a world where there's no mention of God anymore in some, some places. But praise God, we're children of the kingdom of God, uh, children of, the, of the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and members of the kingdom of God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Praise God. And there ain't nobody can ever take that away from us. Amen. And, and this, the privilege of this is not a matter of who's in political office. It's not a matter of what political party is, is ruling in, in, in our political system. It doesn't matter what you identify with that grants you these things. It doesn't matter if you like your president or don't like your president. It has nothing to do with this. This is all based on a gift from God to us because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have not been passed over to any of the good things of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that is entitled to you because of you, you're now one of his children. Look at this in John chapter 1 and verse 12. It tells us that as many as received him. How many of you received Jesus? As many as received him. So just by faith receiving. But as many as received him. To them gave he the power, actually the right or the privilege, to become the sons of God, the children of God. Just by believing on him, he gave us the right and the privilege to become the sons of God. We were born sons. We were born into the family of God. And it says, even to them that believe on this name, which were born, this is how you got, became a son, you were born a son, and it says, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
In other words, you weren't born again as a child of God by the will of any man or by anything from the natural, but by the will of God. God willed your birth into the kingdom of God. You were a planned birth. You were, he planned to have you as his child living in this earth. Father and son, father and daughter. Amen. God planned you to be here. And God knew what you would need to be able to exist in this earth. And he looked ahead and he made every provision that we would ever, ever need to, to represent him as sons and daughters of God. Praise God. And we, we got that the moment we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You got the right and the privilege to be called a child of God, a son of God. You got to say that sometimes to yourself. I'm a child of God. You're not an orphan in this earth. You know, you've not been orphaned. Now, sometimes people live like they're an orphan. Like you don't have a father. Like you don't have anybody that loves you. Like you don't have anybody that cares about you. Like you don't have anybody that's made plans for your life and your future. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You have a loving, caring, heavenly father who looked ahead and made provision for you in advance, knew you'd be born again in this earth and made a provision for everything you would need to exist as one of his children. All because of what Jesus did. The Bible says we, are, we became sons of God by faith. We became, we're, for we are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's our faith that got us into this. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at this in the book of Galatians chapter 4. Because we've, we're called sons of God, children of God, the Bible also says that we received something else when we became sons, when we became born again. And Galatians chapter 4 kind of goes through this, this, what we've been given. He says, now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Now notice this phrase, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth his, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. He prompts that, that relationship. He says, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, here we go, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. Because you're a son, you became an heir. Sonship brought you heirship. What's that mean? An heir means you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Why? By virtue of birth. You were born an heir. Because you were born becoming a son. Right? So you were born an heir. And this says here that the moment that you got, let me explain this a little. The moment you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were born again. You received the adoption of sons. What in the world is that? 
Well, whenever the Bible in the New Testament is talking about adoption, it's not talking about, it's not comparing like we compare somebody born in the family versus someone that's not born in the family that gets adopted in. That's not the biblical use of adoption. We weren't adopted. We were born. We received the adoption of sons. Two different things. So uh, how, many, uh, how many of you would say that you're born again? How many of you know Jesus said you, to get into the kingdom, you must be what? Born again. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, incorruptible seed by the word of, of God. So you were born, right? So you were born a child of God. So you had a new birth, right? You weren't adopted. You were born. When the Bible talks about adoption of sons, it literally means and have received the placing of an adult son. You received a placing as an adult son. What does that mean? Well, in the ancient world at this time, they would adopt their own children. What does that mean? That meant that they, before they reached a certain age, even though they one day would be entitled to be in an heir, they had no more rights and privileges than the slaves in the house. They would have to go through this rite of passage, this rite of entitlement, this, this uh, vesting, investiture, investiture ceremony to where they would come into adulthood and they would be then considered an adult son. Fully vested with full privileges as any citizen or adult in the family or in, in, in their nation. So, so when the children, when a person was born again, they're born into the family of God. But when we're born into the family of God, at that point, though we may be young and immature in experience in walking with the Lord, we are fully vested and considered an adult child privileged to receive every single benefit of a full-fledged vested child. You're fully vested. You don't have to earn that. The moment you got saved, you went through that ceremony. It, this all happens like in the spirit. God fully vested you. You're a full-fledged son of God right at that point, entitled to every right, privilege, benefit that Jesus paid for on the cross right there, and you don't have to grow into it. It's not a process of growth to get the entitlement. It's the process of birth. As soon as you're born, you're entitled to this. Because salvation, the new birth, brought you the adoption of sons. In other words, it puts you through that vesting process. So God counted you entitled at that point to every privilege that Jesus bought and paid for, and you became an heir of God, 
of a spiritual inheritance, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Christ right at that, right at that moment. Amen. Now, back in that world, they would, have, they would go through a ceremony, and it was at the age of 14. And after they'd, they'd go through that ceremony, they'd be given a, a toga or a man's robe, which would identify them to other people in the society that this was a fully vested, mature son, uh, son or daughter of God, or son or daughter in the family, that they were fully vested, they had every right, they could vote, they could buy, they could sell, they could contract business, they could marry at that age, they could do everything legally as a, like a citizen because they were fully considered vested at that point. And to identify them from the rest of the society, they would have a different change of clothing. They would, call, they would wear a toga that would be, identify them as a person who's gone through that rite of passage, and now they're, they're a man. Well, now we got a toga, too, and our toga is the Holy Spirit that's put upon us. And that Holy Spirit that's put upon us is our robe that identifies we're adopted we're, we've, we've gone through that right of adoption and we're fully vested and fully uh, privileged by God to receive every single benefit that Jesus Christ bought and paid for hallelujah aren't you glad you don't have to grow into that you're not you don't grow into being an heir you're born an heir hallelujah. the moment you became a son and daughter of God is the moment you became an heir of God Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you, you may not have experience in walking in it, but it's fully yours and you have a right to it at the moment of your new birth. Amen. The moment you get saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that means a newly born again person has just as much right and privilege as a well-advanced seasoned saint. You have equal status. If you're a child of God, you're an heir of God. If you're a child of God, you've you've received an inheritance. Look at this, Romans chapter 8. Aren't you glad that you don't have to grow into it in your future? That means you can start walking in these benefits at the moment of your salvation. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8 tells us, for as many as are led, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of, you know, sonship, being placed as an adult son, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself or itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The verification is the the Holy Spirit's our verification, just like their toga was their verification. And it says, and if children, how many of you said you're children of God? Then it says, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs, that means co-equal heirs with Christ. What Jesus gained, you know, uh, walked in and gained for us 
purchased for us on the cross, we become an heir to it. We come, become an heir to everything he became an heir of. Hallelujah. It says it, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We became an heir of God. We became a joint heir with Christ. Jesus became the heir of all things. Hebrews talks about that. Uh, uh, the Bible talks about becoming an heir of all the promises God made to Abraham. Every promise in the Bible, we have a right to claim it. Praise God just as much as anybody else because we are made an heir of God, uh, heir of the promise God made to, uh, to Abraham. We're an heir of the world, the Bible says. The Bible says we're heirs of the kingdom of God. We're heirs of the kingdom that now is and the kingdom that is to come. You got a good future plan for you. Hallelujah. And we're all going to get to it in Jesus' name sooner or later. Thank you, Jesus. And it's not a future thing. It's, it's right now. Look, go back to 1 John chapter 3. Right now, you are a full-fledged, vested son of God. There's a spiritual reality that you, of, of that that you have right now, but there's also a physical reality that you are entitled to later. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Look at that. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Then it says, Beloved, now are we the children of God. You won't be a child of God when you get to heaven. You're a child of God now. Now. Behold, beloved, now are we the sons of God. I'm a child of God right now at this very moment. But then it goes on and says, And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. That means there's something coming. But we know, what do we know about that something that's coming? But we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. We know we have something now. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God now, but that entitles me to something that's coming. Hallelujah. It doesn't yet appear what that meant to be called a son of God. Because there's a part of us that has not had that completed in us. It's all future. We, we, we're awaiting the full, the full adoption to take place affecting our body. Amen. We're awaiting the redemption of our body. That is yet future. And there's going to come a future time when this mortal body is going to put on immortality. This corruptible body is going to put on incorruption. Hallelujah. In other words, your body, it'll be fully manifested that you are a child of God physically, just like it is now spiritually, when your body undergoes that process and gets glorified. You and I are going to have a body like Jesus had after his resurrection. A body that would never die again. A body that can walk through walls. A body that could be transported from one location to another. Didn't Jesus do that? He went from, from earth to, to heaven. Right? Praise God. 
they won't be able to say at that time for me, white man can't jump, hallelujah, because I'll be going up. Thank you, Jesus. Talk about hang time. If you're familiar with basketball, we're going to go up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get a glorified body. So it's not, it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. That means there's something coming. There's something coming. But what do we know about what's coming? We know that it'll happen when he appears. Jesus has, the Bible talks about three appearances of Jesus. He appeared on earth to die as a substitute for us on the cross. He's appearing right now in heaven, interceding for you and me in the presence of God. Right now he's in the presence of God and he's got you on his mind. He's talking to the Father about you. But then the Bible says he's going to make another appearance on earth. He's coming back. He's coming back. Look, look at this in the book of Titus. Hold your place there. He's coming back. In the book of Titus, verse 13, it says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to make another appearance. This is the rapture of the church. He's going to make an appearance for us. And the Bible says we are right now waiting. Our, own, our bodies are actually, our spirits are yearning. Uh, New, New Testament says groaning uh, to, 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 for this mortal body to be put on, to put on immortality, for that change to take place. Amen. There's something in us that's, that's driving for something more that's coming. And it's going to come. Praise God. And at that time, we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, to take on a resurrected body like the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. If you struggle with anything physical in your body, it's all gone at that time. There'll be no more need for medications. No more need for operations. No more need for a doctor. We've got the great physician. His name is Jesus. We're headed towards that. We're headed towards that. Praise God. We can look forward to that. That everything that's, that's, that holds us down and holds us back physically in our physical bodies, there's going to be a change. And that's how we're going to be outfitted for, for throughout eternity. This is a temporary shell that we got on right now. And it's all going to change. Praise God. But the good news is, go back to the book of First uh, John. It says, but now, beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. And he's bringing with him all of our loved ones that have passed. All of our family and friends and everybody we know that's passed on to the other side, he's going to bring them with him. And it's going to be a glorious reunion. Amen. Death is not the end. Amen. There's another level of existence that's coming. And we're looking forward to it. Thank you, Jesus. 
the Bible says that, you know, we groan and yearn within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We're waiting for that moment to take place. And thank God that's a part of God's plan for us because we're children of God. We're going to, because we're sons and daughters of God, we have a future resurrection body, a future body laid up in store for us that we're going to be clothed upon. An immortal body, meaning never to die again. You, you might think you've had good days feeling on earth since you've been saved. There ain't nothing compared to this. You and I can't even relate to that. We have no idea because we've always had our flesh. It's all going to be changed. And we're going to be like him after his resurrection. But you say, well, that's good to know, but I'm dealing with stuff right now. <laughs> what can I do now? Well, we have the hope of a future resurrection and the change in our body. But until then, do you know, God has provided healing for us. That until the time that this takes place, Jesus purchased for us health and healing when he died on the cross. And until the redemption of our body, we can walk in that healing provision. We don't have to allow our bodies to just take over our life. Things go wrong in your body, your whole life can turn around. You get injured, your whole life can change. Well, I want you to know there's healing from God that can fix our physical bodies until the time that it's glorified. Can you say amen? amen. We can still, we can, you know, he, he provided healing for our body until the time of the redemption of our body. And sometimes you talk about the rapture and the glorification of our bodies, the redemption of our bodies. People think, oh, good, great, that's now in the future, but I need a couple Advil right now, you know. I need some help in my body now. Well, he's provided healing. Amen. Amen. And we can, we can receive healing because we're children of God. Healing, he said, is the children's bread. It belongs to us. Praise God. should be common for us. And bread at every meal. Hallelujah. It's available. Thank you, Jesus. They would make bread available at every meal. Every time we come together, there's healing available. Every time you come to God's table, there's healing available there. We can be healed through the, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of healings, the working of miracles. We can be healed through the, the healing anointing, like how Jesus carried an anointing, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus had a healing anointing. Praise God. That healing anointing is still in the earth today. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. Praise God. We can receive healing through the laying on of hands. You see us do it at the end of every service. The Bible says believers can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Can you say amen to that? And you can call for the elders of the church to anoint you with oil. The prayer of faith, the Bible says, shall heal the sick. And the Lord will raise you up. Praise God. You might be down, flat on your back. Well, you need healing power of God to get you raised up from that position. Well, call for the anointing of oil. 
Call for the elders of the church to pray over you. Thank you, Jesus. Why do you get this? Because you're a child of God. You have access to healing because you're a child of God. We can receive it through uh, agreement in prayer. Get somebody to pray and agree with us. Two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. Shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. You receive healing through your own faith, your own prayer, your own standing, acting on the word of God. Amen. Just taking God at his word and releasing your faith to receive that. Can you say amen to that? There's healing in, in communion. We're going to be receiving communion here at the close of the service. The reason we receive communion is, 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 is as an act of faith, remembering the work he did on the cross. And if you'll notice, when we're going to take communion here, there's two elements. There's the cup representing his blood, and then there's the little wafer representing his body. Why do we use two elements? Well, because there's two things, two aspects of our redemption that took place at that cross on the same day and on the same cross and in the same body. He not only with his blood paid the price for our sins, but in his body he paid the price for our physical body. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and by his stripes we were and we are healed. Amen. So we partake of that, even through communion. Why? Because healing is a part of our benefits package as sons and daughters of God. You've been uh, fully entitled and made able to be a partaker of that healing. Praise God, because you're a child of God. Amen. If you've, you've struggled with healing in your body for something, you just ask the Lord. Lord, you said you made me able to be a partaker of my inheritance. Part of my inheritance is healing. God wants our bodies well. Amen. He wants us living out the full length of years he's granted us, and not any of us have to go home early. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing you all with gray hair. Hallelujah. Or less hair, like in my case. <laughs> some people's hair turns gray, some people's turns loose. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not looking at anybody out there. I use myself. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Lord, I thank you that I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I'm an heir of God. I have an inheritance. And part of that inheritance is healing for my body. I thank you that healing belongs to me because I'm an heir of God and I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Think about this. Jesus on that cross, part of our spiritual, our inheritance that he paid for. He paid for every part of your physical body. The healing for every part of your physical body. Every single cell. You know, many things, you know, start at the cellular level. He, he, your body, that's what the Bible, the Bible says, your body isn't yours. It was bought with a price. 
What was the price? The price he paid on the cross. So the price he paid on the cross bought our body. Well, what did he buy our body for? Well, the future resurrection, but healing until then. The provision for every single cell in your body and my body, the healing for that has already been paid. And there's multiple ways we can exercise our faith to draw upon that. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because we're children of God. Praise God. Take a moment.